0: Word Radio on Demand, 96.1 FM and 900 AM WURD. Streaming live at wordradio.com. Joining us now is Roxanne Jones. She's a former VP at ESPN, CNN opinion writer, Emmy nominated producer, co author of Say It Loud, an illustrated history of the Black athlete, and CEO of the Push Marketing Group, a media strategy firm. Roxanne, good
1: morning. Good morning, Solomon. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm great. Listening to the show. Mm -hmm. Nice job. Thank you. Some humor. It's good, good, good. Mm -hmm. Thank
0: you very much. So um, did you see uh, the the
1: halftime show? Yes, sir. I did. So what did you think? Of course. Mm -hmm. I loved it. I loved it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Listen, I was dancing and not only that, but it just made me really happy because it takes me back this generate our generation. You know, it takes yeah. us back to, at least for me, some really, really good times. Yeah. And I love seeing that it's all black because I used to be one of the people at ESPN in the, all, you know, I was, ran the NFL coverage for the company for a long time. Mm-hmm. And the fights we used to have to try to get a little piece of chocolate in the halftime show. Mm-hmm. I mean, they went to it, Groups I didn't even know half the people dead. Everybody was white, and we would have. I'm serious. I wouldn't even know. I'd be like, Meatloaf. What do you talk? Who? A hundred years old. And so, you know, it was always so frustrating. And I, I was the only chocolate in that meeting, the only yeah. executive. And yeah. so it might seem like a small thing, but all of the advertising dollars generated billions mm-hmm. of dollars. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, you know, really, you're putting a value on. Black culture and black lives, and they refused. But one or two we got in, and it was always a year-long fight. And so when I look at the halftime, you know, I'm thinking about the business model for it too, knowing that like when Michael Jackson performed, yeah. more people tuned in to watch Michael Jackson than they did the game, mm-hmm. like by more than a hundred percent. So the halftime is the money mover. Yeah. At the Super Bowl. And yeah. so to see us up there, whether we were off key, on key, grinding with somebody mm-hmm. else's spouse or yeah, not. Yeah, a bit of
0: grinding <laughs> going on. I, I was going
1: to ask you about the grinding. Like, Listen, what in the I, world? <laughs> I'm all for it. I'm all for it. Perform. <laughs> make it hot. You're singing my boo. So, you know, listen, perform, do your job, and then go home to your appropriate spouses the way you're supposed to and move it on. And, you know. And keep moving. That's it. I had nothing. I loved it. I love seeing them both together. I think they're so cute together and clearly have a deep friendship. I I just thought it was beautiful. Yeah. Y'all go ahead and do that. But don't have my wife up there with that. Okay, so if I'm just saying saying. as a woman, as a woman who worked (laughs) in sports for a long, long time and just as a single professional woman. Yeah. Listen, let me do my job. Mm-hmm. If, you, if, you, if, you're not holding, if you're not holding down your business at home, then you're going to have a problem. But if you are, let me do my job. And if that, you know, some of these jobs, modeling, you know, entertaining, acting, how are you going to be an actress and you got a man at home telling you you can't do a love scene with somebody, well, you might no, as well quit, quit the profession that's You're that's actors. different that's Mm-mm, different not to me not to yeah, me
0: it's a little different to me.
1: we're gonna we're gonna agree to disagree and i'm sure uh, many black many black men feel the same way you do but i, I know, am because so, i saw you, them all they
0: were all on twitter and instagram right after the I game saw him, i saw them, i saw them too but of you, of you know it. what i didn't L- think L- anything L- of it until i until i started reading that. really? like, wow that's deep that's oh deep. no so
1: okay and, so go with your original instinct you didn't think anything of it because no, I wasn't watching me.
0: that closely. I didn't really mm. care that much. It was, you I know. don't know
1: how you could miss that. Well, uh, I mean, I up. saw they it were and I was like, up. all right, well, yeah, you know. But They're but even...
0: I wasn't thinking about Swiss. Everybody started talking about Swiss. But Swiss you know I mean? wasn't
1: thinking about nothing either. So you were saying, <laughs> because they, they tried to joke Swiss, Swiss was like, y'all are all talking about the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. Like, these are two giants out there. So her man was correct. He was strong, he was confident. That's sexy. Yeah, a man nice. like trying to cling to me talking about where you going, what you doing, why did he touch your arm? That's not sexy, but that, that's but not, you know that's what, weak.
0: What what it reminds me of is when I was about to get married, when I was about to get married, my wife was living in New York, mm-hmm. um, because she was working for, um, who was she working for? She was working for 48 hours. Um, mm-hmm. She was a, uh, an associate producer on oh, okay. for 48 hours. And, um, I remember my brother in law saying, "Man, you gonna let her stay up there?" I'm like, "Man, she a grown woman." <laughs>
1: <laughs> there you she, go.
0: You can stay up there. If she, you know, we get married in in a couple of months. It's gonna be all right. right. She gonna stay up there, when she, you know, when when it's time to get married, then then we'll make whatever appropriate changes we need to make. But right now, if right. that's what she want to do. That's what she gonna do. You that's, know. So I think yeah. I think that it it really does depend on your relationship, where your relationship mm-hmm. is with. But with with something like that. Like, you got to, for me, like, you you have to be clear with that before it happens. So that oh, yes. there's no, yes. you know what I mean, no shade, no right. anger, no bitterness, right. none of that. But you have to really be clear with where you are before it happens. That's their relationship. That's you know right. what I mean? But but for my relationship, I, I know what I want for mine. So, you know, it is what it is. We've been married 23 years, works for us.
1: That's right. And she stayed in New York and did her thing. And then you two happily ever after. So yeah, yeah, we did. You know, there you go. Yeah. That's, that's
0: the sexy I'm talking about. Yeah. I don't know, man. I I, (laughs)
1: work with it. Solomon. (laughs) Yeah.
0: I'm trying to, so we're talking about black people in television Roxanne and yes, there's a recently released Nielsen report that revealed the obvious while black Mm. people are the highest share of media consumers, they often feel mm-hmm. as though they're misrepresented or underrepresented in mainstream media. Roxanne, as media makers, what can we do to change this reality?
1: Well, Solomon, when I heard this report, I, I chuckled because mm-hmm. this has always been the case. Yeah. All of my time in media, we would always have reports that showed us Black people, black the Black audience, Overrepresented, no matter what we were talking about, whether it was a dot com, whether it was mobile, whether it was television or print, we have always overconsumed media, you know, um, uh, against the rest of the, the, um, white people and others in the United States. And so this is not a new report. The thing that I did like about this report is finally it's including all media. So, so all the platforms I just mentioned, the streaming services, everything. And so, yeah, we, we consume, I mean, I try not to do this. My TV does not come on that much. Um, But I think we had some, we outpaced the U S population with more than 81 hours a week consuming media. Right. And if you're 65 or older, that's 92 hours a week. And so, of course, the first reaction is why are we watching? But as a report went on and made some good points that I, I, I um, could appreciate, just like we just talked about the Super Bowl, a lot of Black Americans use media consumption as cultural connections. You know, we talked about Alicia, then we talked about marriage and we, you know, that's just something that that we do, a cultural connection. Some of us don't have the cultural connections right around us um, because we're living in places where there are none. And so that's that's a respectable point. But the thing that's really important here is just as we were talking about it shoot 20 years ago black mm-hmm. spending power it's this is the audience the eyeballs are connected to black spending power which is on the rise according to the report by 2026 it'll be 2 trillion dollars 2 trillion and so content creators and brands advertisers and brands anyone who's creating media knowing that the black audience is going to overskew no matter what you're looking at The idea is they would then convert that, try to convert that into dollars, right? So you'd have more advertisers sponsoring black media, no matter where it lives. You'd have more characters, main characters, more than one or two, or somebody's onto your cousin in a sitcom that's on a primetime show or hosting a Good Morning America. You'd have more. But I got to tell you, Solomon, I mean, if you've ever listened to my friend Roland Martin, who really goes off on the subject of mm-hmm. advertisers supporting black media content, mm-hmm. and, and he he is absolutely right. You go in with these numbers knowing that black audiences are outperforming anybody else. You go in and you talk to advertisers, you talk to presidents of media companies. You think they give a dang? Do you think mm-hmm. that they are mm-hmm. sitting there saying, Oh, my goodness. That means let's not do a reenactment of Friends, an all-white show. (laughs) Let's bring back Living Single. Let's bring back Martin. Let's bring back, you know, that doesn't happen because systemic racism Mm. and just, just, you know, it just takes over. And so those, even though, like in many other areas, we have data that says, here is what people are watching. Here's what people want. Here's what our audiences want. And we're a business. Yeah. So our our main, you know, goal is to make money for the for our customers, to keep them, to keep younger generations coming back, coming back. No, they take us for granted because they what they're what they're thinking and what they have said to me is they're already watching and we're doing what we're doing. Mm. Mm-hmm. Right. So now, mm. some of the some of the streaming services, like I would say Netflix, we can see some changes. I don't think changes will happen on mainstream TV. All the morning shows not going to be black, whether that's CNN or NBC. Like, I mean, look, they they just don't systemic racism can't stay in effect unless somebody's holding it up and the gatekeepers yeah. and medias, whether it's a newspaper, a radio station, uh, you know Spotify, whatever it is. They're going to hold it up. They hold it up. So look, slowly but surely. And I think if we start supporting, really targeting our eyeballs and not watching other stuff, like now I won't watch anything on any streaming service if the cast is all white. And I won't watch it if it just has one little black person or somebody I can't tell are they black or not because they're beige. <laughs> I don't, uh, I'm not watching it. Wait a minute, I just, wait a minute. Wait listen, a minute I'm we sorry. Got, I'm, we got to, we got to park
0: there for a minute. Because yes. the whole racially ambiguous thing, like that's a thing now. It that, is. That is a thing. <laughs> They'll do that. They'll like mess with you. Like, well,
1: yes. Black,
0: so I'll watch it. Well,
1: I mm-hmm.
0: might be black, so I'll watch mm-hmm. it. Like, they are doing yep. that so much.
1: You're strong, right. Strong, strong. In advertising, <laughs> I saw it first. <laughs> and then it started seeping over to the shows mm-hmm. with the main little characters, started seeping mm-hmm. into my little Hallmark movies and stuff. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh no, uh uh-uh, uh, no. Mm -hmm. No, uh -uh. I'm not going to fall for the little okie doke here. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, again, $2 trillion black spending power by 2026. Mm -hmm. All right. That's two years. And so for us, I think we have started to do this. You can see by, you know, like Abbott Elementary and other shows, if we really, um, as we're becoming more aware of business and, and how things happen In corporate America, if we really target our eyeballs to shows that really fully represent us, or as close as possible, because there ain't nothing fully representing us on mainstream media, and then then we'll start to see some change slowly, maybe. But again, the gatekeepers—they've had this information. Yeah, they've had this information, and they. they and they don't care, they're still bringing back friends or making Barbie with a couple one black lady and I, not that I saw it I refused, yeah. and yeah. a couple of beige people yeah
0: mm-hmm. I, I saw Barbie and and you know it was it was mm. silly but but the thing is um you know that's what they're putting up for academy awards, Barbie I know but, <laughs>
1: oh, but you know what listen, but as you know, Jay said even though he was there to accept the award listen we got to stop caring about these awards like yeah. you know what means yep. more to me yeah an nabj award <laughs> an naacp award mm-hmm. like you know don't put down our own when when our own people tell us that we're doing good and right and we're amazing well nothing like we, feels better
0: than that roxanne nothing when your own, when your own people appreciate you Nothing feels better than that. I went to go visit uh one of the businesses that that we featured on um on Word on Business. We we have mm-hmm. a uh, a segment that and we get a bigger business to sponsor it so mm-hmm. that we can bring in these smaller businesses that can't yes. necessarily afford to pay for that. Like that's the model, right? But yeah, uh, I went and, and visited the brother yesterday and he was like, Thank you, man. I, I appreciate mm-hmm. what you do. That that means more to me than some white folks giving me a, a piece of paper. Or that's a statue. Right. It really does. That's right. What that's it means right. is that I'm impacting my people. I don't care what right. y'all. Be honest with you, I don't. Mm-hmm. You know what that's I mean? Exact- at that point in my career, like I don't, I'm looking at legacy and, and legacy for me is how does it affect my people and change things for the people who I care about, who look like me. Yeah,
1: that's exactly it, Solomon. So stay yeah. on that. God bless you because- yeah you know what, I I really don't care what you think. And I've, you know, something made me walk through life like that. And Mm -hmm. you know, it's not that I don't like people or love people. But I know why I'm here to tell our stories. That's why I I do what I do to tell stories about our community, our culture, people I love. And they're great stories. So everybody should like them. It's not like, you know, I'm excluding anyone. They're just Human, human stories. Yeah. So absolutely. there we go. Keep doing mm-hmm. what you're doing. Yeah, no doubt. So let's talk
0: about politics because House Republicans are critical of diversity inclusion programs, but they see recruiting women and minority candidates as key to expanding their slim majority in November. Meanwhile, Democrats talk about diversity, but their work on the issue doesn't yield lasting results. Mm-hmm. How can black voters get what we
1: want politically? Ooh, Solomon, listen. I know. <laughs> Uh, If we had the answer to this, my goodness, would would we be in Washington? We'd be Mm -hmm. running the world. I mean, so, you know, really, I think I was thinking really hard about this since Reconstruction, when the federal government actually took over the 10 rebel states and used the military to force them to rewrite constitutions and then protect black people as they went to the polls to vote. I mean, we haven't really had... um, I don't know if that's what it takes. Of course, that failed because the Klan came in and, and killed everybody and the government mm-hmm. took the land back and all of that. But it took that kind of power, federal power, a takeover of rebel states, so those same states that are red now and still rebelling, to, to force them to allow, it was only black men then, so of course we wouldn't want that, we want all of us, mm-hmm. but to allow us to vote, to own property, to sit in state legislators, legislatures, all of that stuff. Barring some big, grandiose federal mandate like that, I really don't see a way with us just praying and begging for the government to do stuff for us. We have to do it for ourselves. And clearly, Reconstruction is not coming back. So the only thing I can figure is if we took over, if we had a, a movement that was about Black folks taking over, Local governments, Mm -hmm. local town councils, local school boards, you know, uh, educating, selecting candidates to run for those local offices, whether it's like in a big, you know, sheriff or just a city council member, a town council member, a school board member, a Mm -hmm. local sheriff, a police commissioner, a fire chief. You know, all of those um, local positions that are available and open and usually voted on by a few hundred voters. Mm. Lucky if you get a few thousand in these small yeah. towns. But those things affect our daily lives. And I was thinking about how um AOC... Mm. um Really, And Bernie Sanders galvanized this progressive movement, right? We're always trying to hang on to a fringe movement, you know, to be included, to beg for access, to beg for, okay, see us and hear us. But where is our movement just to start taking things over in our own backyard? because that trickles up. I really cannot see if, if, since we know a reconstruction mandate is not falling down from these liberal so-called Democrats, definitely not from the Republicans. They might still get right. the bump they need because we're so frustrated. But I think part of the issue is we always start at the top at the white house. Mm-hmm. And that that's not ever going to work because especially now with the rebel States pushing back about States rights. And we're mm-hmm. seeing all of these, you know, Reconstruction era laws go back on the books. So I, I feel like it has to be us really engaging locally in politics, small towns, big towns, and maybe an overcompassing movement that identifies on a national level, just the way Bernie Sanders and AOC and all these progressives got in power just recently. The Tea Party did the same thing. They know. Yeah. Yeah, they know that you've got to attack locally. You have to and you have to identify the candidates.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's Roxanne Jones. She's a former VP at ESPN, CNN opinion writer, Emmy nominated producer, co-author of Say It Loud, and illustrated history of the black athlete and CEO of the Push Marketing Group, a media strategy firm. Roxanne, as always, thanks so much.